hello and welcome to Voice of the Soul Empowered Living Podcast. Today I decided to do a subject that is probably near and dear to most of our hearts, even though it shouldn't be, because it's so destructive. But it's almost impossible to avoid in life, and I think that's for several reasons that hopefully we can go over today. At the conclusion of this podcast, there is also a meditation of the same name called Mastering Fear. And Mastering Fear is also the topic. And it leads into many, many different areas. We may not cover everybody's individual fears, but we'll cover the concept of fear itself and how we can use our connection to a deeper spiritual understanding about who we are and what's available to guide us so that we don't become overwhelmed by. Since I love the concept of empowered, and it's a huge mantra, we're empowered to choose really whether we're going to let fear master us or we master fear. I use quotes because quotes, as I've mentioned before, for those of you who have listened to podcasts in the past, in order to help me stay connected to the direction that I'm going and also to plant seeds because I believe that a really strong quote can embed a whole concept around an idea that you'll remember because you remember the quote. And um, there's just some amazing quotes and there is a trezillion quotes on fear. I usually spend hours researching quotes and then editing quotes and then coming down to what I call the final selection of quotes. But I have many more. And we'll publish these at some point so people can just go print out great quotes. We used to have them on a website, which we'll do eventually. I want to thank everyone who has been listening. I'm honored. Seriously, I am honored. I want to apologize to those of you I have not been able to get to personally yet. I just want you to know that I am very, very grateful you're listening, that you care to listen, and that you're getting things out of it. I especially want to thank those of you who are following, as that actually gives us um, kudos to be able to rise up the list and the placement in the podcast system. So if you can follow, that would be great. And also, if you want to be connected to information moving forward on uh, seminars we're going to start doing in the spring and other projects that will be here in Minnesota. Uh, Please feel free to send this out on uh, the link to friends all over the country, all over the world. Um, It's really fun for us to be able to look and track who's listening from where, and it just feels good to be able to know that the messages are getting out there. So thank you very much to everyone who has helped make that possible. You are actually helping spread the light by sending the information out. If you have a social media connection, uh, if you can send that out with the link, that would be awesome. I don't have one. I'm trying to avoid one. I don't know how long I'll be able to try to avoid one, but for now, uh, we're going to do it this way and know that those of you who are out there being a light bearer and charging through the gray matter of darkness on this planet and bringing your light can help share this wisdom by forwarding it to people that you know. 
So I was going through the concept for me of overcoming fear or mastering fear. I think they both matter. I think we can overcome fear by mastering it so they interconnect. In saying that, uh, I do believe that fear is one of the great paralyzers in all things, and that's why it's really important to look at it in a way to where it doesn't have as much power. The meditation that is under the same name has a visual journey with techniques that will help you be able to do that. Strongly recommend that people go to sleep to the meditations because they actually will imprint your subconscious mind in a really powerful way and your superconscious spirit mind in a supported way so that when you're actually sleeping, you're connecting with the wisdom of the meditation as it guides you to actually experience it, experience it on a plane that is hard to define. As we move forward in some of the podcasts, I will probably get into some deeper uh, communication regarding, regarding the spiritual energy that I believe is here to support us and to enhance who we are as a being and to actually guide our life and guide us to what is our destiny. I'm very, very, very connected to what I believe is the voice of the soul, which we all have. Everybody has a voice of the soul. Um, some people actually stream or communicate divine wisdom through their voice of the soul to help others. I think that's what happens for me when I communicate or when I do a meditation because that's what the powers that be on the other side have asked me to be an instrument by using my voice to communicate soul wisdom and soul wisdom is how we are able to get through the greatest challenges that we go through and the greatest fear. Sometimes the fear can be really, really small and sometimes it can be really, really big. It depends on the circumstances. I do believe that fear is, is real, even though I'm going to say that fear is a thought. Um, I believe that fear is real in the fact that we're feeling it and it's attached to something that seems very real. A memory, an experience, I believe it's usually something from the past that has created a current fear that we have thrown into our present or it's a fear of something that's going to happen that we haven't experienced yet that is also connected to the past. In and of itself, in the present, the fear has no life force unless we give it life force. So in using quotes, I'm going to weave the whole concept of fear being thought-based and us being able to dominate and master the thought that is creating it, which is usually an ego experience which is trying to keep us from evolving as a soul. And um, what greater way to keep us from evolving as a soul than to make us scared to death to move. And moving as far as actually making a decision to take action so we're not paralyzed is so crucial to being able to not only master it, but to be able to do what we came here to do. One of my favorite quotes, which is super short, is by a person named Les Brown. The quote is, too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. It's so true that we get into this place 
where we feel paralyzed, we're afraid. We're afraid of moving forward. Are we afraid of moving forward because we're, we don't think we're good enough? Uh, are we afraid of moving forward because there might be somebody out there that will say we're not good enough? Or in some cases, are we afraid of moving forward because we're afraid of success? Not living our dreams because we're living our fears means that we're canceling out the very destiny we chose to manifest in this world by allowing the human weakness and the human power of the ego that we came here to overcome make the decisions. As soon as the ego starts making the decisions, the first thing it's going to do is try to draw us away from our divine self by working from a place of fear. Uh, fear and addiction, those are the two biggest ones, fear and addiction. They're the biggest weapons that the ego has to pull us off of our sacred soul path. We all have a soul path. We wouldn't have been born if we didn't, but we all had some karmic destiny. We had some unfinished business that we had to attend to, and we made a commitment to be here on this earth plane and to accomplish certain things, and that was our commitment in being born. There's lots of information around that that I will work into other podcasts as we move forward. But I'll just tell you that I truly believe that there are two parts of us. There's the divine self that is empowered and strong and connected and deep and amazing that is connected to the spiritual energy that actually manifested Jesus onto this plane and all of the divine master teachers, guides and guardians who are in historically have been a part of the earth's awakening and in spirit are still in the ethereal plane doing the work to help bless this planet and guide it out of its darkness. So there are many, many, many beings who live from a higher consciousness, divine DNA, which is the offspring of God energy. Uh, all of us hold it. We hold it inside. It's inside our, it's the center of our being, this glowing light of divine DNA. Some people are more advanced in, in that than others because they have worked at it. It's like if you go to the same class in school and someone is an A student and someone is a D student, it isn't because the A student is superior to the D student in and of themselves but they're either working harder at it, they're devoting something to it, they're committed to it, um, and they're making different choices than a D student. It's the same thing with us as a soul. So you can look in the mirror and say, am I an A student and giving an A effort in as a soul being, or am I living down on the D level because I'm hanging out with my ego too much? And the ego can mean everything from, you know, materialism, to personal power, uh, to how, just how you look. But a lot of people think the ego is this really dominant, strong energy. Um, I know plenty of people who use their ego, who are poor me victims, who actually let the ego manipulate people by pretending that they are just, that life has been so terrible to them that they have some special connection with needing energy because their life is so awful. So poor me people can be just as ego-centered as somebody who's arrogant. The ego is, is the part of us that we came here to master. 
and to basically overcome, which is the self that draws us back into being way more human than spirit. And we really are a spiritual being on a human journey in order to master the ego and do something that benefits this planet before we leave. And there are many, many steps that come along with that. Many people we're going to touch. We're going to make huge mistakes. I've made a multitude of mistakes. Uh, there's no question that the mistakes that I have made, people that have known me way in the past, especially when I was an addict, would have looked at me and said, yeah, right. Yeah, she's out doing that kind of thing now. Well, you should have known her in the 80s. Well, there's no question. I would not deny the dark side of me that prevailed most of the time in my earlier life. I will say that I've worked really hard to not have the ego master my life, even though it's a journey. And there are times that I'm doing huge battle with the ego. The one thing the ego does more than anything for me now is create fear and um, fear is a distraction and in fear and complacency I stop moving and if I stop moving I stop doing what I came here to do the podcasts were the first thing that I set myself back into doing after my mom died two years ago and we stopped doing key to life um, I am seeing a handful of clients which I did cut back quite a bit Although there are some people that I will still keep the door open for and people who I know are meant to see me and I'm still open to see other people if I hear intuitively it's right if they contact me. Uh, the individual work is not nearly as strong as some of the bigger work, uh, writing and doing the podcasts, the meditations, etc. But fear for me in not moving forward a lot of the time because it was in getting in the way of living my dreams had much to do with can I do this and can I do this right? Or if I go out there, will people judge me and think that I am crazy? And then I got to the point where I didn't really care if people thought I was crazy because I had to share and continue to share whatever came to me intuitively from the other side, knowing that there were a lot of people who weren't going to like it and uh, my job wasn't to be liked. My, my duty and my devotion was to share a truth that was coming through me. And those who are meant to hear it will follow it. And those who are not won't. And if someone's offended, all they have to do is shut me off. Um, that's all there is to it. So I hope that what I'm communicating, most people are connecting with something. You don't have to connect with everything. There's some things that may not connect with you at all. And if they don't, that's okay. Take what works because that's the part that matters the most is your soul will guide you to what works for you and you can connect to that. And it can be a tool in your toolbox when fear comes creeping out of the corners to stop you from moving forward on your soul path. The energy on our planet right now is incredibly dark and it's very, very difficult to see light and have hope. And um, there are definitely many, many people who are far more affected by the political issues in our world than others. And all I can say is there is a divine army of beings that are gathered in order to make sure that the outcome of 
this movement as us as light bearers and other beings on the planet who are trying to do good things and actually ethereal beings who are engaged in changing the history of this planet, there is movement happening and it's movement that is necessary and movement that will bring about a greater sense of peace and attunement so that we can be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem by focusing on the fear that can be paralyzing. One thing that I know, and I believe all the way down to the depths of my soul, is that there is a divine power that will see that the outcome is for the highest good of all. And we need to do what is ours to do to mobilize light and energy and peace and strength and um, take on causes that are necessary to help bless the planet and bring peace back to the planet. The meditation that's called Mastering Fear was written over 18 years ago. I should say streamed. And when I say streamed, that's when they use me as an instrument and I actually put my fingers on the keyboard and close my eyes and an entire meditation will come through me as the instrument. And then I will record it after that. And the content was, I re-recorded it because I wanted to use Donnie LaMarca's music that he wrote for us called Sacred Space, which is absolutely spectacular. And it's just beautiful meditation music. It's the music that's behind the meditation, that most of the meditations and all the meditations coming forward. But in re-recording it and using Donnie's music versus the music that's on some of the other meditations were pre-Donnie. Um, I was shocked to read it or hear it and actually reread it when I was recording it to, because it was so pertinent to what's happening now with the planet, with this. It's like there's a dark fog around the planet itself and it's squeezing the light out of the planet. At least that's what it feels like. And here's this incredible gray fog that is connecting people together through fear instead of unity and light and strength. And the meditation talks about that a lot and it's mobilizing people of like mind and higher awareness and spiritual awareness to say, I'm not going to fall into this dark trap that my ego is trying to guide me into uh, because we live in a super egoic time led by a super egoic energy and we need to make sure that we don't fall victim to that. This is another quote by Les Brown. It says, fear does not have any special power unless you empower it by submitting to it. I love that because it is so perfect that if fear steps in and decides it's going to make itself known in whatever way it's going to do that, it doesn't have any power to affect us unless we give it the energy and the attention to affect us. And that is so hard to choose not to do. I'll just give you a little example. For those of you who are following us for the first time, you may or may not um, have re heard a podcast yet that explains that we have a severely handicapped 24 year old son 
who is an angel. He's actually like a little boy. He looks like he's eight or nine. Um, the most beautiful, sweet, angelic energy on the planet. He doesn't speak a word and he's severely disabled. He was born premature. It's a long story. I'll explain at some point about overcoming challenges. He's, um, probably the most spiritual being I know, and yet he can't speak. He's legally blind. He has severe medical challenges and he's non-ambulatory. Everything, he's total care. So Taylor, who is our angel, is also the greatest teacher I've ever had as far as directly forcing me to look at my fear and my lack of being able to control some things that happen so that I have to seek a divine spiritual source of strength because I can't physically make something happen. A lot of that has to do with his medical conditions. Uh, he's spent more than five years of his life in an intensive care unit. He's been hospitalized numerous times. He weighed just over a pound when he was born. Um, he ended up with bacterial meningitis after he came home and everything that happened to him happened after that. It was hell and it was hell for years and years and years. And every once in a while it's hell again. It depends on how he's doing physically, whether it's hell or not. The one difference is, is being able to look at life and death, which we had to for years, um, is not so much a part of our life as it was the first five years or 10 maybe, but things still happen. He can get a respiratory virus that to most people will just be a common cold can put him in the hospital with pneumonia and in intensive care if he gets a bad influenza. And most of the time he's been balanced and pretty healthy, but we've had to do a lot of things. He has epilepsy and he's immunocompromised and there's multiple different disabilities. Some of them can be incredibly life-threatening well, we usually have kind of a template that we know is going to happen. If he gets sick, we do X, Y, Z. He's got an excellent team of physicians that are amazing human beings who are into complementary alternative medicine. So we do a lot of holistic healing in addition to traditional medicine because you need both when you're in his kind of a situation. And we've been really blessed to have both. The challenge is when something happens and he gets sick with something that I'm not used to. And that happened this weekend, which is why I chose this subject. Cause actually I was going to do a subject called divine protection, which I will probably do next. And that one is about protecting ourselves from the energy of the world while we put energy out into the world to help it heal. And then this thing happened with Taylor over the last week that was paralyzing for me. And he, he ended up with an infection that he's really never had before. And the symptoms were very different, um, fevers and high heart rate. He has an oximeter, which is the same thing they use in the hospital that me measures oxygen saturation levels and heart rate. And, um, he was just, he was sick and he was sick in a way that he's not typically sick. And it was difficult. We did get some advice from a couple of physicians four or five days into it after he was coming out of it. But there was a point where I just was scared. I mean, I was scared. 
So I, and the fear was coming from a, a place that I know was connected to the past. Understanding that most of the time, the first five years of Taylor's life, when he got sick, he ended up in intensive care and almost died. So when he gets sick now, I have to literally use tools that tell me not to bring my fear from the past into the now, because my fear from the past lives and breathes in his being for me. And uh, I have a wonderful trauma specialist I've worked with, actually two wonderful trauma specialists I've worked with in order to alleviate some of the trauma with Taylor and other issues. I'm very, very connected to the spiritual connection of the divine ones that I work with. So I will always pray and in my version of prayer, which is talking and communicating with the divine ones and seeing them taking care of him. And especially the Archangel Michael, who's just a big, powerful image of an angel who has always watched over Taylor. So I do turn over his being as much as I can to something divine, but there's still this pounding heartbeat, you know, that says, to me, okay, his heart rate's still up. His temperature's still up. We're going on day four. We've never seen this before. We've never seen this before. Fortunately, Chris, my husband, is far more stable when it comes to not flying into the fierce space. And he'll say, it's going to be okay. And we've been here before. But this time he couldn't say that because we hadn't been there before. And I said, it's, it's easy to say we've been here before when we're working through things we've had before. He says, I know he's going to be okay. He doesn't look that sick. Yes, everything looks weird. But if you look at him, he's, he's doing, he's really doing pretty well. And he really was. So now I'm leaning on Chris to give me the support to help me do battle with my fear. So when we, when fear steps in front of us and it's, and it looks like this solid real event or the solid real energy or, or something that's really happening, it's important for us to first slam the brakes on and realize that it probably isn't happening. There might be conditions around the fear that look scary, but it's not a hundred percent as our brain is starting to turn, turn it into crazy town by crazy town. I mean, amplifying it to where we get paralyzed. Um, and that can happen with financial issues. For me, I'm using an, a physical example because Taylor is vulnerable and I love him t- to death and I've lived life and death fear with him for many, many years. So it's one of the, the most tangible fears that can really paralyze me. So at, when that happens, the first place I have to go is to the divine connection that I know that there's something bigger than me that's watching over him and I can't control the outcome. I can only listen intuitively and make decisions that I know are in his best interest as his mom and as someone who has a lot of medical knowledge because of his history. Turning to his dad um, to see if he's nervous because if he's nervous then I'm really nervous and most of the time he's not. He stays really steady and then realizing that I'm amplifying and projecting thoughts, thoughts from the past where they were real events, where we were rushing him to the hospital, where he could have died. And a lot of the fear has been amplified and imprinted because of the thought from the past. 
So the experience from the thought from the past attached to the fear of the manifestation of something that could happen in the future creates what, what looks like a real event. If we break it down and figure out if it's a real event, most of the time it's not. And that's why it's so important that we slow down and do whatever we can to not let the fear start living inside of us. Our heart's pounding out of our chest. We're breathing too fast. Our head's spinning, whether it's, you know, taking deep breaths, whether it's sitting down and journaling, lighting a candle, saying a prayer in your head, whatever it is to where you just get to the point where you know there's something else happening and the fear isn't a living, breathing thing. This is a quote by Oprah Winfrey. It says, the thing you fear most has no power. Your fear of it is what has the power. Facing the truth really will set you free. And that really resonates with me. The fear of it is what has the power. So the fear, the fear of the thing that I'm afraid of is really what has the power, not the fear itself. Let's take money because this is a big one. So we kind of talked about Taylor and physical stuff. Um, actually, let me finish that first. I, I don't want to sh cut, cut that short because I know there's people out there to, that are living with um, cancer and they're living with debilitating illnesses and diseases and, um, and some people who are actually probably going to make the transition to the other side long before they should have to, as far as normal earth years, there's no denying that there would be fear in that process. Um, and I don't want to say that that isn't real because it is real, but what's more important is to find out the divine connect that we can have with why we may be in that position to where our life is going to be shortened. Is it because we have an incredible gift we have to give to the world sooner than later because we're on a time or on a clock? Is it because there's a part of us that will honor life in such a big way that when we leave the impact we leave on those behind us will be, will be more dramatic or more intense um, or more important I do believe that all things happen for a divine reason, even the things that seem painful and ungodly difficult. Uh, I won't say that life has been easy with Taylor. It's been hell, but the blessing of him and what we have learned in having him in our life, I wouldn't change for anything. I wouldn't change that to have a healthy, normal child. I'm blessed to have healthy, normal grandchildren and a healthy, normal daughter. And for that, I am grateful, but I wouldn't change our experience with Taylor because it's carved me into who I am. I met a woman in the hospital that said, when you have a child who is disabled, one of two things will happen. You will either put them in a home or they will strip you of your narcissism because you can't have a narcissistic, selfish desire in life and take care of a handicapped child. And it's absolutely true. You put yourself second. You have to because their life depends on it. For those people who are suffering challenges and have children that are suffering challenges, the fear is real 
in and of itself. And it's, other than that, it rarely is real. So if it's, if it is a real event you're going through, finding the connection to the spiritual voice and the spiritual guidance that can take you to the other side of the journey so you can understand why is this happening and sometimes giving thanks even when it sucks especially giving thanks when it sucks my mom was great at that i'm not so great at that saying i'm going to give thanks for this because i know there's a lesson in it but i need you to guide me to what the lesson is i need you to tell me what it is and to find that divine connection through a voice that talks to you learning how to communicate with the divine planes and the guardians and the loved ones and and Jesus and Mary and the archangels and any other deity that you're connected to, Buddha, it doesn't matter, just someone on the other side, where you can look to a higher source, a higher energy, um, a divine power, a divine energy to turn the sadness or the fear of what you're going through over and then ask for the guidance to understand the lesson. Because in it, I find that people who have handicaps and people who have gone through tremendous challenges physically, uh, the gift they have to give the world during the process of their leaving this planet or during the events of their healing are so great. They're so great that what they left behind um, is a magical energy that someone who just leads a normal life and dies when they're 90, it, uh, it's not the same. You know, my best friend passed away a few years ago and it was crushing. But at the same time, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced because I was able to stream a lot of her journey um, by doing transition meditations for her. We spent hours and hours and hours talking about where she was going and what she was going to experience. And then another very, very, very dear friend who was connected to Key originally through my mom, who also passed away a year after my, my best friend, um, not even a full year. And her transition was absolutely beautiful. Her family was right there with her. Um, she really taught them how to die. And what a gift. She taught them how to die with grace and dignity, as did my friend. Um, some people accept their loved ones are passing, and some people fight it. And I guess I would fight it initially for sure, because we're losing someone we love. But when they accept their own transition and their own understanding, and they want to share the journey that they're on, the best thing we can do is learn from the depth of spirit that they start to get because they're so close to the other side because they are going to be going back and forth between this realm and that, that they are sharing a fear that most people have as the greatest fear ever, the fear of death. And yet when you look at a death that is filled with grace and understanding and connection and spirituality, it is one of the most amazing experiences ever. I've been truly blessed to help do what are called transition meditations, which are meditations that are streamed for people who are ready to pass and uh, are getting ready to pass. And I've been blessed to be on the journey that they go through when they leave their body and actually end up on the other side. 
And that's a long story to try to explain, but all I can tell you is death in and of itself is not what needs to be feared. It's how we handle the process because the death itself is the transition to the other realm, which is filled with beauty and understanding and truth, but living in the now and making that transition in a way to where we can accept it and learn from it and find love and strength and spiritual power in it. That's what will overcome the fear. And I do have a whole podcast called beyond the veil that is going to be all about dying and everything that's associated with it. And I'm writing a, a book on it as well. But for now, for those of you who are, who may be in, in that state, I honor the fact you're in that state. And if there's fear involved, I honor that as well. I just would hope that somewhere you can find the spiritual depth that helps you understand that part of your journey is the grace of how you'll be able to go through this transition and you'll learn and have the strength to empower yourself to leave that legacy for others behind that need you to teach them what it is to make the transition with grace and power and strength and connectedness to spirit. I know I kind of veered off, but I needed to do that because I know there's people out there that are struggling with physical issues that are very real. So back to the money piece. Money seems to be this ridiculously powerful substance that controls our sense of safety. And great, great fear exists where money is concerned. It's really difficult for me because I believe that there is a universal abundance that is governed by a universal law that Jesus tried to teach us, that we are divine DNA and we are alchemists in and of ourselves. We are alchemists, divine alchemists. Jesus was the best divine alchemist ever which is about manifesting in the old days is turning lead to, to gold. Um, divine alchemy is being able to turn thought, belief, and dreams into manifestation. If we're not making enough money, we don't like the job we're in or whatever it is. It's important to give thanks for that and then ask for the guidance of what we need to do to release the fear that's blocking the path to what we came here to manifest. Do not let your fears choose your destiny. That's author unknown. Don't let your fears choose your destiny. We are paralyzed when our fear stands in the way and says, you can't do that. You don't have enough money in the bank. You can't do that because someone will judge you because you did that. You can't afford to do that. Why are you making such a ridiculous decision? You can't afford to do that. Now, granted, we have to be realistic in how we spend money and the things we buy because I went through a whole part of my life where I spent myself into the ground so that I had a lot of big toys and that was stupid. So I'm not going to tell you that just spending irreverently is smart because it's not, but spending with the understanding that there is a divine substance that is endless and it will open the windows to the right source of allowing that affluence to flow through our life so we can spend it. Now that's different. That's not letting our fears say, don't move 
Don't change. Don't quit that job. Don't seek that new opportunity. If fears choose our destiny, we won't move. We will stay in the most conservative, predictable space because we're in that box that says this is the only way you're ever going to be safe. And that is a crock of BS. Most of the time, the only way we're ever going to be safe is to smash out of the box and ask for the divine power and commit to doing the things that are about change, about changing jobs, changing locations, changing expressions. And if fear is dictating our destiny, then we are not moving. And it's about putting us in a place where we absolutely cannot get ahead. And so ultimately that keeps us from making money. It keeps us from succeeding. And if we stay in that box, it feels nice and comfortable and cozy right now because fear says, don't quit that job. Don't take that other job. What are you thinking? This is security. There's only one security and that's divine consciousness to divine affluence. That's it. Because how many companies shut down and their entire thousands and thousands of employees lose their jobs and their retirements after 40 years. The real truth is being connected to divine affluence and being able to be a divine alchemist so that you trust that you can move from one position to another with this army of energy and power to help you, um, then, then you're just fluid. You can make money in whatever you do. And you can move from one thing to the next and it will materialize in front of you when you use the laws of creating affluence, which is another podcast we'll get into specifically creating affluence through your thoughts, through mapping, through trusting, through letting divine networking happen, which is where the divine ones connect you with other people who have opportunities for you. And all of those things will happen if you trust to move, you trust to change. But you have to commit. You have to commit to facing the fear of not making any change because fear is choosing your destiny. Challenges and hardships exist in the human spirit that the soul may prove itself. Elias Ford. I love this. Challenges and hardships exist in the human spirit that the soul may prove itself. The first time I read that quote, I wanted to staple it to my forehead because I've been through a lot in my life. Things I can't discuss in a podcast because they're too personal. Uh, things that started when I was really, 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 really young that led all the way through to not too long ago, abuses and losses and pain and suffering and hardships. That's all I can call them. Hardships, challenges. And oftentimes I would wonder, why me? What am I doing? And since I was brought up with a lot of the power of positive thinking and the, the, what you fear you bring upon you, I thought, what am I doing? What am I fearing that all this crap keeps manifesting in my life? Or what is happening inside myself that I'm not manifesting all this amazing greatness and I'm still suffering. I'm still going through pain. I'm sober. I've been sober for 30 years. Why am I still suffering? Those kinds of things. And all of a sudden the concept of hardships exist in the human spirit. So the soul can prove itself. I'll tell you one thing. If I didn't have 
this personality that is my soul, my divine self, this goddess energy that actually speaks through me and streams the meditations. It's actually her voice you're listening to and not Lenny, the personality. And you'll be able to tell if you listen to the podcast and then you go listen to the meditation, there is a completely different sound in that voice. That voice is the voice of my soul. And she's this powerful, amazing goddess energy that um, has a form. And um, I have a picture of what she looks like in my study so I can actually see her. And I very much believe that I was introduced to her about 28 years ago, right before the largest challenges of my life happened, which started with Taylor. But right before that happened, um, the image of her came to me on a calendar and the artist was, um, Gilbert Williams and it's called Isis rising. And it's this beautiful image of this goddess woman. It's Isis. And of course using Isis now is horrible because it's connected to the, um, you know, all of the terrorists and the Islamic state, but Isis, the goddess Isis from Egypt. Uh, but this goddess, when he drew her, she was in a calendar and Gilbert Williams was a, was a beautiful new age artist. And I fell in love with it. I cut the face out. I, I got pictures of it and, um, it just talked to me and I just felt it. And I believe that I was being introduced to my soul and there are so many, I now have an actual picture that it took me, I think 20 years, no longer than that, 25 years. I finally connected with his daughter and it was so beautiful. She actually talked to him and he created a print for me from the original print that he did in a size they've never done. And so it's, it's a one, it's a one of a kind lithograph print that is, um, he signed it and the story behind it, which is just an amazing spiritual, um, example of knowing that one day I would, I would own her. And one day I believe I'll own the original, but right now I'm more than happy with this one because this one was created for me by Gilbert Williams through his daughter, knowing that it was for me. And so this beautiful image was the introduction to my soul, the actual vision of what I could see she looked like. Could another human being draw what our soul looks like? I believe they might have an image in their mind that we can connect to that is the image of our soul. I tell my clients to look for images if that works for them. It doesn't matter. You can go on Google and look at a trillion images. It can be a goddess. It can be a, you know, some kind of a deity, but something you can connect with that feels divine, that you can talk to, that talks back to you. Now, mind you, I talked to Jesus and Mary and all the other ones I can think of on the other side, but she specifically is my own soul's voice and the divine voice that guides me. So through all of the hardships and all the challenges, it was then that I called on her and she's been with me ever since and sits in a pretty predominant place in my study and um, in my life with everything that I do. And I think it's absolutely true that challenges and hardships introduce us to our soul so that it can prove itself. And it proves itself by delivering us from fear into purpose. It proves itself by having us overcome our pain so that we can find our purpose. 
so that our pain becomes transferred from just pain to purpose. Um, it's transmuted from hardship to lessons learned that we can share with others. And that's a really important thing to understand about fear. As we overcome fear, we're able to share how we overcame fear with someone who's in the middle of fear. And it's a huge lesson on so many levels. Self-knowledge is the key that unlocks your inner wisdom and it is wisdom that will master your fears. It's the same thing. That's Helena Royce. I might've used that last week. I love that because self-knowledge is us getting to know our self, our capital S self, our God self, our divine self, our spiritual self, because that self has the wisdom that will master our fears. That's the self that steps in and says, you don't need to be afraid because that's an illusion or you don't need to be afraid because that's a lesson. You don't need to be afraid because you didn't fear that into being. It is a soul path lesson. And you came here to learn from this. So don't be afraid. Let us guide you into the light and away from the fear. Because once you take on the light, you can transmute the fear and let it become what it's meant to be. Just a lesson. A lesson of how to overcome more of the same so that you can find your purpose. This is by the Princess Diary, in the Princess Diaries. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something is more important than fear. Something is more important than fear. If our destiny really means something to us and there's something we really, really, really want to do, it's so important to know that we have the courage to see through the fear that is blocking it and find out that what we want to accomplish is more important than that fear. And then we can crash through it like it's rice paper because there is a destiny for me, for sure, that is more important than the fear that tries to stop me. There's a destiny that won't let me sleep at night if I get too complacent and get lost. And if I will say, okay, I will trust you. And I'm going to do all the things that help me talk to you, meaning the divine ones that are guiding us. And I will use every tool I have to teach people how to talk to the divine that watches over them and guides them. Not some church hierarchy, not something that sits up on a throne or hangs up on a cross and says, um, if you don't follow this, you're going to hell because I don't believe that. I believe Jesus came here to teach us our divine DNA and to empower us to be gods, to be alchemical beings, gods, to know that the kingdom of God was within us, to know that this and greater things shall you do, that that's what he came here to teach us. And I believe there were many others like him who did amazing things in this world after him even. We watched Gandhi the other night, which was mind-blowing. I saw it, I don't know, 25 years ago, and Ben Kingsley is brilliant, and the movie is amazing. And just to think that one man, one man changed millions and millions and millions of lives, and that was just because he went through his fear and found something more important than his personal fear, and that was to free the people that he loved in the country that he loved. That was more important than his fear. 
of what could happen to him. And really, how many people can say that they have freed millions and millions and millions and millions of people and they were able to pass through their fear to do that? There's probably more people out there every day that are changing lives one life at a time. And we have to walk through our fear to do that. And that's very, very, very important. We don't have to be a Gandhi because each life we touch, it touches another life, touches another life and so on and so on. And so it is important to realize that courage isn't the absence of fear, but the judgment that something is more important than the fear. Your destiny is more important than whatever fear keeps you in the box because the fear itself is just the fear of something that's happened in the past or the fear of a projection of something that's going to happen in the future. Even if we're dying, the fear is about what is to come, not what is right this second. Because right this second, we're still alive and we're breathing. Some of the things I learned and I studied through the whole concept of helping people make the transition from this earth to the other side have taught me so much about death being beautiful, being an amazing journey, not pain because pain sucks, but in a lot of the times you can find a way to stay out of the pain and use whatever it is to understand what's waiting for you. And that was the blessing I had with my best friend and with another incredibly close person in my life, very close together, the beauty of watching the, not too many people are afraid of too many things more than death. And yet to see beauty in death and light in death and guardians in death and love in death, it, it's been a remarkable journey to see people who are dying go through these incredible passages to an awakening and a, and a beauty that is just almost impossible to describe. So I wish everybody understood that so they weren't afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death for me at all. Would I be afraid to lose my, cho my children or my grandchildren or my husband or my son-in-law or those that are close to me? Yeah, that would suck. I would be really, really sad, although I would know where they are and I would know where they're going and I would know that they're blessed and they have a whole new reality. Um, I cried a lot when my mom died. I still cry when I think of her. Um, mostly because I miss her humanness. But when I see her, she's young and she's vibrant and she's smiling and she's charismatic and she's herself. She's no longer in pain. She's no longer losing the sense of her body that was becoming crippled towards the end of her life because she had osteoporosis so bad. Um, her mental faculties made her very unhappy. So it wasn't it wasn't a beautiful, pleasant thing to watch her go through the transition. But now as I see her in the spirit realm, it's beautiful where she is. And it's an amazing thing. So no, I'm not afraid of death for me. Not at all. Um, sad for me sometimes because of where she is. Sure. And my, and the people that I know who have gone on the other side. Yeah, I feel sad. We have a, a, a sensitive, compassionate, spiritual energy that causes us to feel. And it's okay to be sad. What's not okay is to lose ourselves in grief so deeply that we can't move. And if, if that happens, we really need to find somebody who works with overcoming grief 
and moving on in a way that is spiritually connected while honoring the grief. And, you know, I know someone who does that. So if you need someone who does that, you just need to let me know. There are people out there that do everything. There are healers out there that are, that are waiting to be found. And there are people out there looking for healers. So truthfully, when you ask for the guidance to overcome fear, the divine networking will connect you with where you need to go. This is by Dale Carnegie. Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. It's so simple, but it's so true. And this is back to, let's just say money or education or a doing something to succeed. If you have a goal or you don't have a goal, but you want to have a goal, get up, get out and do something. I can't tell you how many people who study metaphysics, who believe in spirituality, say that they're laying on the couch, letting go and letting God. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't believe in that. I believe we need to let go and let God as a divine instrument to stream through us what we need to be doing and acting in order to manifest. Uh, because the energy of God isn't working for us, it's working through us. And so laying on the couch, watching TV, waiting for something to happen isn't the answer. It's a matter of getting up and getting out and getting stuff done, making contacts, making calls, uh, reading the right book, picking up the phone, the divine knowledge of where we need to go and what we need to do happens with movement. Energy moves and the energy in the room that you're sitting in right now isn't just solid. There's a vibration in that energy that is magnetic and it moves and it breathes and it brings to you what you need, but you got to move. You have to say, okay, I'm going to at least write down today. I'm going to write down some things I can do. I'm going to take some action on one thing. One thing today, I'm going to take an action. You don't have to change the world, just take an action. Because as soon as you take an action, that energy that's in the room you're sitting in right now, or the car you're sitting in right now, or wherever you are right now, starts to spin around you like a vortex. And that vortex opens up the spirits in heaven. And before you know it, there's a divine networking of energy bringing people who just somehow coincidentally call you or you meet somebody or some kind of divine intervention happens because you moved the energy. And that's what Dale Carnegie was saying about inaction, breeding doubt and fear. The, the more we stay stuck where we are and we don't move because we're afraid and the afraid's being a thought, the af afraid is the ego saying, don't move. You're stable right here. Everything's cool. Just stay right here. Don't move. If you don't move, then fear sets in and then doubt sets in. But as soon as you move, action breeds confidence and courage. And that's how you conquer the fear. And I love this. It's by Mark Twain. And it's so perfect that courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. It wouldn't be courage if we weren't afraid I say that all the time. Um, I've been scared to death a lot in my life. Some, somebody told me one time I was the most courageous person that they ever knew. 
which I found incredibly flattering and I and honored by the statement and, and I thanked her and I said you know I really appreciate that but I want you to know that really I'm I'm kind of chicken it's just that I have this courage that will come over me that I call on because I'm afraid to be afraid so courage comes from is fear is so paralyzing that my first default is I've got to have the courage to change. I got to fix this. I got to do something. I got to move. I have to make a decision. I have to move. And sometimes people will call that controlling and yep, sometimes it is, but that's, what's given me the courage to find something more important than the fear. And that's not ma that's mastering it, but not being absent. Fear isn't absent from my life. It's that there are things that are more important in my life and the courage to resist the fear is there and to master the fear is there, not just for my own self, but for the people that I love and for anybody who wants to listen to anything I have to say. If I can't say that I find um, courage to be the most important thing when I'm facing fear, uh, I, I wouldn't be honest because, you know, I do face fear a lot and, um, I am not sitting here completely oblivious to fear. Um, quite the opposite. You know, it's a matter of saying, I got to master this. It's not that it doesn't exist. So it's okay to be afraid. It's just that you have to find a way to get out of the fear and find something more important than the fear and then move through it. This is by Author Unknown. Fear knocked at the door, faith answered, and lo, no one was there. Simple, love it to death. Fear knocked at the door, and faith answered, and lo, no one was there. So, as fear is knocking on the door, and you put your faith in something divine and powerful in front of the fear, and that opens the door. Fear, fear is what runs. It completely disappears. It takes off because it's the ego itself going, uh-oh, knocked on the wrong door because that door is held up by this powerful light that is faith. And it's faith in something divine that is mastering our life, which feeds into this other author unknown. Feed your faith and your fears will starve to death. So if you start feeding the depth of your spiritual awareness and your self-knowledge with more self-knowledge and more truth about your divinity and your divine alchemy and your power and your spiritual manifestation and your ability to make something out of nothing and you continue to feed that side of yourself, the fear will eventually go away. They'll starve to death because you're feeding your faith. But if you're constantly feeding your fear of I'm so afraid, I'm such a chicken, I'm just not good enough, I don't want to move, I don't want to make that change, I'm too scared to make that change, just tell it to shut up. You know, every once in a while, just turn around and look at it. I actually encourage my clients to come up with a, an entity that is their ego. Have it be whatever it is. It's got the characteristics of your weakest self. And visualize it into an actual being. And turn around and tell it to shut up. I mean, if you can tell it to shut up or to go away or you don't have any power and you can actually talk to something directly besides a pillow, it's actually really helpful. Medusa is the image of my ego. 
for many, many reasons. And so I have to banish her. When she gets going, it's like those snakes are all just striking me a thousand times an hour. And I have to call on the depth and the power of my spiritual self and the power of snake in the Indian terms of being able to transmute toxins into a power that makes your purpose rise out of pain. Then I could tell her to shut up, get back in her cave because it's definitely something that is tangible for me. So everybody should just grab some tangible image of a part of themselves that they don't like. And when it starts yakking in your head, just tell it to shut up and go away. That simple. Come up with a word or a thought, some kind of banishing technique. This I love. This is by Helen Keller. And needless to say, we have tremendous love for Helen Keller. A tailor is legally blind and he can't speak. And they believe that Helen Keller um, suffered meningitis when she was a child, even though it wasn't diagnosed as that back then, which is what made her in the condition she was in. We named our German shepherd Keller after Helen Keller. So yeah, we're Helen Keller fans and actually we're super Ann Sullivan fans. Um, just amazing women. And imagine not being able to hear or see, um, or speak and to find this kind of spiritual awareness. This quote says, faith is not a cushion for me to fall back on. It is my working energy. Isn't that amazing? Not a cushion to fall back on. A working energy. I love it. A working energy. Faith. Faith in something bigger than us. Faith that there is a divine energy. Faith that there's a divine plane. There's divine wisdom. There's divine guidance. There's divine protection. There are divine beings. And that faith in something bigger than us is an energy that is working. It's not a place you collapse on the bed and put your head under the pillow or fall to your knees and do vain repetitions of prayers you learned when you were five. It's a working, living, breathing energy that spirals through your body, that answers the door when you knock, that says, what do you need? That says, here, let me guide you. That brings you what you need and takes you where you're supposed to go. It's a working energy. And if Helen Keller could find a working energy with everything she went through, we sure should be able to. I'm going to end with this one. This is by Helena Royce. Free will empowers us with choice. Every day we choose between the fears of our human mind and the wisdom of our soul. Choice determines our destiny. So you can choose. You can choose to listen to this and then you can shut it off and go, never mind, I'm just too afraid to care about that. Or my fear is bigger than hers. Or she has no idea because my life's been way harder than hers. Not too many lives much harder than mine. Although every once in a while I need some a humility check and I find out there's a lot of people who go through a lot more than I do. But my life's been pretty challenged. And so when I talk, I believe I'm coming from a place of understanding and experience. And so I'm sharing tools. And I know that we have the free will that empowers us to choose. 
And every day we're choosing between the fears of our human mind and the wisdom of our soul. Our human mind, which is connected to the ego, will very often lead us down the dark path and say, this is so bad, this can't get any worse. And in our current culture and political climate, that repetition is pretty intense. And yes, we can make a difference by being the light and by being the other side, by choosing the wisdom of our soul. Because the wisdom of our soul is speaking to us all the time. It'll be sending people, it'll be talking, it'll guide you to a book, it'll take you to a movie, it'll have you sit down with someone who has something to say. It might have brought you to this podcast, it might bring you to a different one. It's the living, breathing energy of your soul, which is the wisdom that is speaking to you every day. And we're choosing between whether we're going to listen to that little puny, obnoxious voice of our human ego or the vast universal voice of our soul. Whichever one we choose determines our destiny. And maybe you won't do it perfect all at once, because I sure as hell haven't. I've had plenty of years to finish things I started that I haven't finished. But I've picked it back up and I'm starting to move again. And that's the only thing I can say right now, is I know I'm supposed to be moving. And doing this podcast is one form of moving and if I can do it, you could do it. Everybody's got something they're supposed to do. You just have to choose to trust in the wisdom that is guiding your soul so that you can manifest your destiny by taking one step at a time. Just put one foot in front of the other. It doesn't have to be some grandiose thing that you do just every single day. It's just one thing leads to one more thing leads to one more thing. And as long as you get up and you say, I'm going to make a change today, even if it's a little change, make it. If it's a phone call, if it's listening to something positive, if it's reading a chapter in a book, if it's donating your time or it's donating your money or it's doing something that can make the world a better place, do it. Because you are choosing. And when you choose faith and you choose wisdom and you choose truth and spirit, and universal consciousness and divine truth and all the other beautiful things that are out there that are coming from the other side to guide this world, fear fades away. It fades away, becomes a distant thing. And it's just a thing. It's not really a thing. It can't be a thing if it's a thought. I mean, yes, thoughts are things, so they say. But fear doesn't manifest unless we give it the energy to manifest. So give your truth, your destiny, your spirit, your purpose, the energy to manifest and the fear will become obsolete. Thank you for joining me. I am deeply honored that you're here. Please follow us. Please share this information and connect as you can so that we can keep you in touch with future goals and expressions that will happen not just through the podcast but through seminars and such thank you so much for being here peace be with you peace